My name is Tamara Gober, and I'd like to personally welcome you to the Hope Community Podcast. Before we begin, if you live in the New York City area and are looking for a church home, I'd like to take this time to invite you to our services. For time and place, check out our website at hopecommunitynyc.com. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you are encouraged by this message, and we truly pray you walk away looking more like Jesus. Are, if you aren't aware, uh, there are dangers in freedom. There's there's dangers to being free. I love, we talk about free. It's like for, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And amen to that. But one thing that we don't talk about very often is the dangers that come with that freedom. If you remember the first week we were talking, we love freedom. As Americans, we love freedom, right? It's like, oh, we want to fight for our freedoms, freedom, freedom, this, freedom, that. We talk about freedom all the time, okay? And so what's ingrained in us then, because we are Americans, is that freedom is the end all be all and that's what we need to be is free right and and there'd be a lot of people that were like yeah we we do we want to fight for free and and we do but here's the thing freedom is not the focus of christianity freedom is a byproduct of christianity and so whenever freedom starts to hurt other people uh we we don't use some of those freedoms now here's the other thing sometimes that freedom will actually hurt us and we need to refrain, it's not a, that's not a moment that we need to fight for our freedoms. We need to back it up and be like, oh no, but I'm free to do that. Sometimes our own freedom will hurt ourselves. And my goal uh, through today is to show you guys uh, what Paul is saying and how that uh, can actually happen. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. And we are going to get through the whole thing today. And in fact, I'm going to read through the whole thing um, right now. And then we're going to go back and we're going to talk uh, through some points. All right. So here we go. If you don't have a Bible, um, it's up on the screen for you. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation again today. Uh, kind of go back and forth between uh, translations. But today is the NLT. If you've got a different translation, I would suggest that you not change it to match this one but read along with it so that you can get a greater idea of what the scriptures are saying, okay? So 1 Corinthians 10, 1, let's start there. He says this, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, right? About our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank the same spiritual water for they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble, don't grumble as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as an example for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. And if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourselves if what I'm saying is true. 
When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? What am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I'm saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. What, do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than he is? You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of, com- of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And if someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you who has a problem with it. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by someone, what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone and everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved and you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. All right, there is a lot of stuff right there. Um, And what I wanna do is I wanna get the basic picture of what's being said here. I wanna get the basic understanding of what Paul is trying to tell them and ultimately what God is trying to tell us through this scripture, all right? Uh, Question, how many of you guys were kids once? Good, all right, good, yes, that is all of you. Um, Yeah, uh, and how many of you fought for your freedoms as a child? Anybody? You're like, hey, I just want to be able to do what I want to do. I want to be able, and I don't want my parents telling me that I can't. In fact, quit telling me that I can do this or that I can't do that. Like, like growing up, I wanted my freedoms, right? Me and my genius mind at eight, nine, 10, 15 years old, I'm like, I got this all figured out, mom, dad, I got this. So let me make my decisions for me, right? But my parents loved me enough to not let me make all my decisions for me, right? They just let me dress myself, which was the worst decision probably ever. Uh, but they made some decisions for me and it was really good. And, and they, kept, they kept me from doing some things that I really wanted to do. And looking back, I'm like, praise God that I didn't do some of those things that they said, right? But when you finally received freedom, all right? Whenever that was, for a lot of people, it's like when they went to college, right? They're like, I got that freedom. Um, How many of you realized pretty quickly that you aren't the best at making decisions for your life, right? Yeah. I learned that, absolutely. You know, you go off to college and you're like, thanks, got this, appreciate that, right? And so you go off to college and you're like, man, ain't nobody telling me what to do. I I can go to bed when I want to go to bed. I like, I can, I can, you know, wake up when I want to wake up. I got a class at 8 a.m. How many absences do I get, right? It's like, oh, okay, I can miss a few, right? And then all of a sudden you start making decisions for yourself and you're not like trying to hurt yourself, but you're getting hurt, right? 
and you're like, man, these things are not going so well for my life. And a lot of times we have this freedom, but what it does is bring us pain. When we thought freedom was what we were trying to get to, it was like, man, we need to get to freedom. And once it comes, you're just like, man, I really wish that maybe I didn't have so much, right? And here's the thing about freedom, okay? When it comes, the freedom to make some pretty terrible choices come along with it, right? So yeah, we got the freedom, but with that comes the freedom to make some really bad decisions. And this is what Paul is trying to get across in this first section of scripture, right? And he uses the example of the freedom of their ancestors, a story that they know very well, right? They're like, hey, he's like, look, remember, remember what happened back then. Remember what happened? They, they were where? They were in Egypt and all they wanted was freedom and they were crying out to God and they were like, God, please give us freedom. That's all we need. We will be fine if all you will give us our freedom and then God gives them their freedom, right? And it says that they were unified in that freedom. And he's like, much like you're unified today as a church, you guys are unified in Christ. You're unified in the freedom. You're unified in salvation. They were unified as well. Whenever they left Egypt, man, they were following a cloud. They were following Moses. They went across the river. He even uses the word, he's like, you guys are baptized in Christ. It was like they were baptized in Moses. They were all, they were all in one accord, right? They were going through and they were doing all the things and the cloud and the, and the pillar of fire was leading them and everything was good. And he's like, and, and they ended up, you know, drinking from a rock and they were, and everybody was like, this is great. This is great. We're free. But with that freedom came the freedom of choice. And with that freedom came the choice of really bad decisions for them. And see, Paul is trying to get them to remember that. He's like, hey, look, I know that you love freedom. I know that you want freedom, but please remember that freedom can also cause a whole, whole lot of damage. You see, freedom combined with, and, and freedom is good, by the way. Like, that's what we want. He's not trying to say it's not what we want. It's a beautiful thing. That's, we, we desire that. It should, be, it should be pursued. But he wants to remind them that combined, freedom combined with depravity of our human nature and our ignorance, it can be a recipe for disaster. And we need to know that about ourselves. We really need to know that about ourselves. It can be a huge recipe for disaster, right? And then he goes on, and that's whenever he tells them this whole thing, he's like, man, they were free, just like you're free. Everybody's free. He paints this glorious picture of their freedom and their unity, right? A lot like the freedom that we have today in church, but it doesn't end there, right? Yeah, they had their freedom. Yes, their burdens had been taken away, but where did their ancestors end up in just a very short time? It says they, they ended up scattered. They ended up in trouble, right? They ended up wandering through the desert and the wilderness alone for 40 years. And for a lot of them, their freedom brought death for a lot of them, right? And that's so ironic that they were like, all we need is freedom when they would have been better off in Egypt in slavery. They would have been better off there. And they're but instead for them, their freedom came. But man, sometimes we can't handle freedom. We want it. We want it real bad. But are we ready to handle it yet? And see the church in Corinth, they weren't 
They were showing that they were not ready. They were headed down a very, very dark path and they were not ready for the freedom. And he's reminding them, yes, your freedom is good. Yes, you want your freedom, but, but you have got to understand that you need to rein that in, right? Like their goal was not the glory of God. Their goal was their freedom. That was the problem. Their goal was not the glory of God. Their goal was their freedom. And you see, freedom is great, but listen to this. Freedom is not a foundation on which you should stand, okay? Freedom is not a foundation on which you should stand. Even freedom needs a firm foundation, okay? See, a wise man doesn't build his life upon freedom, the sands of freedom. A wise man builds his house upon the rock of Christ. And if freedom is not standing on top of Christ, it will bring nothing but disaster, okay? So what will happen? Freedom is not a goal. We always need to remember that. Freedom is not a goal. Freedom is a tool, all right? A tool to be used uh, to bring renown to God and uh, not ruin to yourself, all right? So something we all need to understand, freedom in Christ is great, but if it leaves the foundation of Christ and we place the foundation upon ourselves, our own understandings, our freedom will turn to bondage. Okay, it could hurt us very, very, very much. All right, so Paul wants to strongly warn them of the destruction that the misuse of freedom uh, brings and it brought their ancestors. And, uh, and he's like, look, I don't want this to happen to you guys as well, okay? And then he goes on. So he finishes that first section and he pretty much freaks them all out. And he's like, like, I know you love freedom, but remember freedom brings death, okay? And uh, so they're all like, we love freedom, we think. Do we love freedom, Paul? Like, is that something we still love, right? He's like, no, yes, absolutely, okay? But he says in verse 11, the whole reason he says this, he says, these things happen to them as an example for us, to warn us, right? And I love where Paul goes next because it's a wonderful lesson for all of us as well, right? So he brings, you know, a warning to the Corinthian church because yes, he wants them to represent the gospel well, but he also loves them so, so, so much. And, uh, and, and he, wants to, he wants to lead them in the right direction. And, uh, and so he tells them this in verse 12. He says, if you think you are standing strong, and right, he's, he's addressing these mature believers. If you think you're standing strong in your freedom, he tells them to be careful. Be careful, because I, I can see that in you. I can see that you think you're standing strong, but be careful not to fall, because the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And he said, and God is faithful. He's like, look, I know that just freaked you out. Just a second ago, this talk about freedom, destroying your ancestors, but I did so to encourage you. Like, there's a reason that I'm freaking you out. I'm saying all of that. I'm bringing up this worst case scenario because I love you and because I want you to be okay, right? To strengthen you. It's like whenever my kids, uh, you know, like one of my kids, whenever they were little, run off, like, and, and I'm here and they are way over there. And then it kind of freaks you out a little bit because they're really far away. And then your brain starts to go through all these scenarios, like especially Ellie when she was a little bit littler uh, and she's still little, but she used to just like, we'd be walking down the streets of Brooklyn and she would just take off and like be like, I'll meet you at the next corner. No, you won't. Not here, you're not going to. And so like whenever we, I bring her back in, what do I do? I look at her and I say, you listen to me. There are bad people out there and these bad people, they will kidnap you and they will, and then Tamara's like, like, hey, 
what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to show her that these things will happen so that she will not do these things anymore. And she's like, well, can you just kind of chill out just a little bit about that? I'm like, no, I'm going to give her the worst case scenario that I can think of so that the moment that she steps away from me, she's going to go, I'll die. (laughs) If I walk away from here, I will die. All right. Like, because I want to protect her. Right. So I'm giving her the worst case scenario. That's kind of what he's doing here. He's like, He's like, I'm going to give you the worst scenario that I can possibly think of and give you the example of your ancestors. Why? Because I want to protect you from this stuff, right? And so he says in, uh, and so he kind of tells him this whole thing. And he says in verse 13, God is faithful, right? He's like, yes, with your freedom, you're going to be tempted like your ancestors were. But always remember this. Always remember this. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That's, that's good news. Let me tell you what this isn't saying, and then let me tell you what this is saying. First of all, this is not saying God won't give you more than you can handle, okay? That's a very popular saying, by the way, that like, oh, the Bible says God will not give you more than you can handle. That's not true, actually. God will give you more than you can handle. Why? So that you will trust Christ, <laughs> okay? Um, but this, so that's not what this is saying, and a lot of people will use this verse for that. What this is talking about is temptation, all right? So what this is actually saying, he tells him two important things here about temptation. Number one, be careful. He tells him to take heed. And then he says, number two, look for the way out, all right? He's like, your freedom is going to bring you temptation. Your freedom is going to want to lead you to sin. I just told you about your ancestors, all the things that they were involved in, idol worship, sexual immorality, like all those things that he was talking about. He's like, that, their freedom led them there. And your freedom will lead you there too. So he says, so be careful, take heed. And he says, and look for the way out. That word take heed that's there literally means to be on the lookout for, like diligently, like looking around, expecting something to come your way, like being on the lookout so that you can dodge whatever it is that's going to happen, right? Um, It's the one, it's, it's, it's kind of the, uh, the, the, we should not, let me just say this. We should not trust our own spiritual maturity, okay? We can't be nonchalant about, about sin and about temptation, okay? Because if we are, those are the people that usually fall, are the people who are not careful about that. The one who says, I could never do that. That'll never be me. That's the person that usually other people are saying now about, that will never be me. Because you just, you end up there. So remember what he just said, right? There's no, there's no temptation that is uncommon to man. We need to remember that. Like we can fall into anything, right? It's the ones who are on the lookout, the ones who are being careful that are the ones who are remaining steadfast. Those are the ones, right? The ones who don't think they are super spiritual. The ones that don't think they are super mature in Christ. Like they're like, no, I, I know I need to be watching out because I'm not, so spiritual, right? I had a pastor who said, um, you know, said it so very well. Uh, he said this, and, and he said this all the time, but um, this is kind of what he, was, what he would say. He said, you know, I don't listen to Christian music or read my Bible or pray because I'm such a mature Christian. He's like, I do those things because I'm not. I don't do all that because I'm a mature Christian. I do all those things because I am not, Right? And I'm afraid that if I don't do those things, then I will fall. The thing that Paul said at the end of chapter 9, right before he goes into this, 
He says, I'm, I don't want to disqualify myself. That was the last thing he said before he went into chapter 10, right? I don't want to disqualify myself. And if we're not being diligent and we're not looking and we're not taking heed, as it says, we will find ourselves in big trouble. Why? Because we, we're not spiritual. Like we at, our, we at our root are depraved individuals and we still have that sin nature in us and it will destroy us. Not only do we have our sin nature working against us, we have an enemy working against us as well. And so we are in so much trouble if we do not do these things. So it's not a matter of, you know, if temptation will come knocking, it's a matter of when, right? And then he also promises to provide, God prov promises to provide us a way out uh, when that temptation shows up. He said, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And I love that. I love that. I love that he says that. Um, now, it's not like, you know, uh, like the matrix where, you know, you find yourself in trouble. And so then you're like, oh, I got to go find a phone. I got to get out of here. Like, this is what's got to, if you haven't seen the matrix, I mean, I don't, you can go see it if you want, but, but it's like, they're trying to get out. Right. And they're like, I, I just need to find a way out. Like that's like kind of how I see some people seeing the scripture. It's like, I'm in trouble. Like I need to search for that way out. God, show me that way out of this temptation. Well, he makes it really easy for us um, with this next uh, scripture. Uh, and he gives some really, really, really good advice. And, uh, and, and so uh, here, here's a good idea, all right? Here's some good advice for you guys. And myself as well, <laughs> I need this so bad. The closer that we get to sin and the longer we flirt with temptation, the harder it's going to be to escape, okay? It's just going to get harder, and it's going to get harder, and it's going to get harder to escape, right? Because notice what he says in the very next verse, verse number four, verse 14, he says, so my dear friends, he's like, God will give you a way out, so my dear friends, flee. And we'll talk about in context what he's saying there, but that word is flee. It's like, get out of there. Turn the other way and run, that's what he is saying. He's like, oh, you want to fi find a way out of temptation? Well, the best moment to do it is when it comes knocking on the door, you run the other way. That's the moment. That's the moment that you need to get out of there, right? In 1 Thessalonians 5.22, the Bible tells us to get away even from the presence of evil, right? So the best time to escape temptation is when it shows up at the door. Don't invite it in. It's going to come knocking. Don't try to hear, let me just hear what it has to say, right? Don't just listen to what it has to say, slam the door in its face, run out the back door, and don't look back. That's what it means to flee, right? And, uh, and so here's some personal conviction coming your way. This, is, again, is not conviction that you have to have as well. I'm not saying that at all, uh, but personal conviction, right? Um, everybody's free to do what they want in Christ, but for application's sake, okay? Uh, and, and, and this just shows, this just shows how weak of a person that I am, right? The, the reason, there's a reason that I don't have like TikTok and there's a reason that I don't watch Instagram reels, okay? It's because I'm not spiritual enough. Can I be real for a moment? All right, I'm just going to shoot straight with you guys. And, that, and again, that's, that's for me, all right? Don't feel attacked. Don't feel like your TikTok and your 15 million followers got to go away now, okay? Like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, that's personal for me, okay? Um, 
because again, I just want you guys to, and I said this the other day, like I, I, I'm not a dictator of your actions. My, my job is just to shepherd your heart. So I just want to say that out loud. Like that's how I, that's, that's one way that I do things. Okay. It's going to be different for everybody, but you know, you know, good and well, where temptation starts, you know, good and well, what it feels like to kind of hear it out a little bit. Well, I'm not really sinning yet. Right. Come on right? Come on. We know good and well where this thing's going to lead. And so we don't need to just kind of flirt with it. We need to actually flee. And I love that he says that, right? He says that. And again, that's just personal conviction. Keep your TikTok, keep your Instagrams, whatever you want to do. But let me ask you a question though, okay? If it was a beautiful spring day, please Lord, and you were like, I'm going to go into Prospect Park and I'm going to, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a picnic. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a picnic and I'm going to get everything ready and I'm going to go and I'm just going to enjoy the sun and I'm going to just watch people because that's a great thing to do in the park. And, uh, you know, and, and you're like, this is going to be my Saturday. This is what I'm going to do. And you're in the middle of preparing like this wonderful picnic. I don't know what's in it, whatever your favorite thing is. And then all of a sudden on the news, somebody's like, there is a bomb in the middle of Prospect Park. What are you going to do in that moment? Here, are you going to say to yourself, hmm, I wonder how close I can get before it hurts me because I still would like to go to the park and I still would like to be able to have my picnic. Is that what we're going to do? No. Nah. Okay. Somebody says there's a bomb in Prospect Park, you're gonna be like, okay, I'm canceling my plans for today, right? Like I live across the street from Prospect Park. And if they said a bomb was in the middle of Prospect Park, I'm grabbing my family and we're gonna just get on a plane and go to California, okay? You wanna get as far away from it as you possibly can, right? That's what your mindset would be. But listen, like sin is a, is a bomb that, that if detonated in your life will destroy you. It will destroy you. No matter how big, no matter how small it is, it's going to bring small destruction. It's going to be large destruction, whatever it is. Why in the world would we look at a bomb and go, I'm going to get as far away as I can. But then we look at sin and go, wonder how close I can get to it without it actually hurting me, right? It makes no sense in the life of a believer. So we need to be super careful. And that's, I love that he says, flee there. We're not going to flirt with it, right? And guys, I'm, I'm, preaching to myself like hugely with this um and uh and something that I need to I need to do myself I don't know why I do that I don't know why we flirt with stuff sometimes but we do and he's saying you need to get away from it and specifically you know in context he's telling them to flee from the worship of idols why because he kind of makes a point with you know this um the whole problem remember is that there's food that is sacrificed to idols so that's technically what they're dealing with, right? Because their ancestors got, you know, they fell into worshiping idols. They kind of went into it a little bit and they were like, oh, let's flirt with it a little bit. And then they full blown were worshiping idols and it brought death to some of their people. Like they had the freedom to eat the meat. He's like, eat it, go for it. Even the meat that has been sacrificed to idols. If you want to go into the temple and eat the meat in the temple at one of the feasts, go for it. Like you have the freedom to do that. You absolutely can do that, but is that the smartest thing to do? Is that what you need to do, right? Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something, is what he's saying to them right there. And he says, um, 
he says them in, in, to them in verse 23, he says, you say, I am allowed to do anything. He says, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Guys, if we, if we need to memorize a verse, let's memorize that, okay? That, yeah, we're allowed, to, we have our freedoms in Christ and we're allowed to do anything, but just because we can doesn't mean we should. Because it's not, not everything is beneficial for us, okay? Um, and uh, not everything is good for us. And then he gives them the kicker right here in verse 24. Don't be concerned for your own good. Ooh, he's getting to the root of it. But for the good of others. That's what you need to be, is concerned for the good of others. Listen, a truly mature person in Christ, a truly free person in Christ, doesn't concern themselves with the question of, could I do something, but should I, and will it help others? That's what a truly mature Christian asks themselves, Okay. Truly mature Christian, they're not like, oh, it's my freedom. I can do whatever I want. The truly mature Christian says, should I? Should I do it? So how does Paul sum it all up? Well, he sums it up like a person who's being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the word of God. In verse 31, here's what he says. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He says, don't give offense to the Jews or Gentiles. That's chapter 9. Or to the church of God, that's chapter 8. I don't just do what is best for me, I do what is best for others, so that many may be saved, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. So here's a question I want to pose to us, okay? Here's a question, myself included. What would happen if we did everything for the glory of God? What would happen? What would happen in our own lives? What would happen in the lives of those around us? What if we used our freedom for the glory of God? And that's, that's what he's, that's the whole, that's the culmination of everything he said in chapter 8, in chapter 9, and in chapter 10. He's like, hey, use your freedom to build up. Don't use it to break. Hey, if, if it calls, if, if you need to become a slave, then submit your freedom to others so that they'll come to know Christ. He says, but when in doubt, because I know us, I know me, like a lot of us is, are, are like, you know what, if you could just give me a list of the things that I can do and the things that I can't do, I could probably deal with that a lot better. But this whole kind of, kind of up out there thing, like giving us the chance to do what we want to do. Like we want freedom, but sometimes we really don't want freedom, right? It's like, you know, maybe, and, and, but here's where it leaves us. Here's where it leaves us. And again, I love it because we are free to do whatever we want. But he basically says, when in doubt, if you have a question, then just hold it up to God and say, God, is this going to bring you glory? And if the answer is no, then don't. If the answer is yes, well then do it, right? But what if we woke up in the morning and we said, God, this is for your glory. Today is for your glory. What if, what if our commute to work was for the glory of God? What if every conversation that we had was for the glory of God? Now I'm not saying you're some weirdo that walks around just being like, I just want to glorify God with this conversation. Like go and just talk to people and for the purpose of God, build this relationship. Use this for your glory somehow. Whatever you want to do. What if we did that? What if we used our evening times for the glory of God? Like what, I mean, what if we, our whole, our whole lives were just for his glory, right? So much would change and it would just be amazing, right? And here's the thing. 
What if we did it all so that other people would be saved? That's the whole purpose he's saying here. So that people will come to know Christ. That's what we're doing here. That's why you're in New York City, by the way. I don't know if I just gave you news. But that's why you're here. And some of you are like, mm, I'm here because of this. No, no, that's how God got you here, maybe. But you are here to live for the glory of God and bring people to Christ. That's why you're in the city. God didn't, again, God did not, act, he just wasn't like randomly like, I'm gonna just put these Christians here. It's for a purpose. It's for a reason. And I love that we all have different influences. You're going different places than I am, but we're all going as Christians. We're all going as ambas ambassadors of Christ. Bringing him glory, bringing others to him, right? And in doing that, in doing so, we are imitating Christ who did all things for the glory of God and for the salvation of others, right? So remember that our freedom, we love it, but it's either gonna do one of two things. It's gonna bring renown to God by the building up of the church and the salvation of others, or it's gonna bring ruin to self. There is no in-between, there is no other option. It's gonna do one of those two things, all right? So love it, but fear it, and be careful with it. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, please visit our website at hopecommunitynyc.com.